Hello and welcome to Reactives Beyond the Byline podcast. I am Evikiori. I'm back. And this week we are talking about the fines Austria is proposing against the unvaccinated people, the reaction so far and the expectations. We are also talking about Donald Tusk's criticism of Angela Merkel's Nord Stream 2 deal with Russia. Why is it coming back in the international political arena now and what can we expect? The Austrian government is proposing to fine 7,200 euro residents who refuse to get their COVID-19 jab from February. To hear more on this story, I'm joined by Euractiv's Oliver Noyan. So Oliver, Austria, which has been one of the countries with the most strict measures against the new wave of the COVID-19 pandemic, wants now to introduce another measure to convince the unvaccinated population to get the vaccine. What is the story with that and what is the Austrian government proposing exactly? At the moment, it's, of course, just a draft proposal. But um, what they will want to do is like they will introduce um, compulsory vaccinations at the start of February, as things stand right now. And um, of course, the huge discussion in Austria was how are you um, bringing people to get the actual vaccination, even if it's compulsory? So they decided to go with fines. And at the moment, it's like a um, kind of, you could, you could say, like maybe a three-stage system. So first, you get an invite to, to um, get your vaccine at a certain doctor or something. Then if you don't comply with that, um, then you will get an, two other invites to, to go to the, uh, one of the public administrations to get your vaccine there. And then if you still refuse to get the vaccination, you will be fined with... 2,600 euros. And if you then still not comply, it's 7,200 euros. But there is an um, additional catch, and that's if, you, if your behavior of not getting vaccinated is bringing serious harm to other people, which basically means if, you're, if you are responsible for somebody else catching COVID and he um, um, has to be treated in an intensive care unit, then you have to immediately pay the 7,200 euros. They can give you this fine each um, half year. So, so it's basically if you are really an anti-vaxxer and you won't comply no matter what, it's basically way more. So, so it's 1,400, 400 a year. And to whom is this new measure directed? Do we have any uh, age exceptions, income exceptions, or even health-related exceptions, uh, meaning the people who cannot actually get the vaccine due to uh, health problems? Of course, of course. So, so the exceptions for um, people who can't get it for health reasons, the exceptions for children, and the exceptions for um, for pregnant w- women. But they're still debating, like, um, in how far they will be accepted. Maybe it's just the first three months of 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 the pregnancy. Maybe it's for the whole of the pregnancy. So, but this is kind of the dimensions we are talking about. What have been the reactions so far in Austria? Uh, how are people perceiving this new measure and what is the opposition saying? Well, this is actually one of, one of the biggest problems. So we have uh, in, in Austria, there is the right-wing populist FPÖ, which um, really tried to get political capital from this whole situation. And what they basically did is like they, um, they were saying the same day that the, um, the government announced that vaccinations will be mandatory, that now the day of dictatorship is starting. Um, they will call for mass, mass strikes. Yeah, they were saying that Austria is a dictatorship from now on. 
and um, people reacted. They were pouring to the street. Um, there were, like in Vienna, the first weekend after it was announced, there were 40,000 people demonstrating. The week after, they were like in, 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 in other, cap in other um, state capitals of Austria, there were um, 30,000 people demonstrating against the new measures. So, so this is kind of the, kind of the main problem. It's also that the, the FPÖ, which kind of fall from, from grace due to the corruption scandals, is now um, um, gaining momentum again, especially with those anti-vaxxers. And uh, from the EU, do we have any reactions from the EU? I mean, a fine of 7,200 euros is a bit excessive and I'm really wondering if it abides by the EU rules or even the national rules when it comes to uh, respecting freedom of choice. That's actually one of the other main problems in Austria, but I feel like in the, in the whole of Europe, it's like um, divides are growing in society. So on the one hand, you have those who are vaccinated, who don't want to be in lockdown, who say we already did our fair share um, of solidarity to society. And then you have those who refuse to get vaccinated and you kind of have this big divide in, 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 in Austrian society where, um, you know, sometimes people who are vaccinated are not even talking to, to anti-vaxxers and vice versa. And that's why the president of, of, of Austria also warned of this deepening of the rifts in society. And this will be an issue, I suppose, that, that um, will be here to stay in Austria for, for a longer time and probably in the whole of Europe, I would say, with um, countries like Germany also um, um, considering implementing um, compulsory vaccinations. Now, Austria is not the only country that proposes fines for unvaccinated people. Greece wants to make COVID vaccinations mandatory for people aged 60 and over. That's why the Greek Prime Minister Kyriakos Mitsotakis said that fines of 100 euros will be imposed at monthly intervals from mid-January on those who refuse to get the vaccines. Now, Syriza, Greece's main opposition party, called the new measures punitive and financially excessive. And from the COVID-19 fines, we are going to Poland, where the former president of the European Council, Donald Tusk, criticized Angela Merkel's Nord Stream 2 deal with Russia. To shed some light on this story, I spoke with Piotr Kaczynski, expert of the Bronislaw Gremek Foundation in Warsaw. So, Piotr, it seems that we have a new beef going on uh, on the international political arena, this time between Donald Tusk and Angela Merkel. In one of your articles on Euroactive.com, you are mentioning that the former president of the European Council uh, criticized and said more or less that the Nord Stream 2 gas pipeline uh, is Merkel's biggest mistake. How come and what did he actually mean by that? Donald Tusk said that uh, it was the biggest mistake of the outgoing uh, chancellor, also that uh, she admitted to it to him Uh, in one of the conversations, uh, that it was a, a result of a massive lobbying taking place in Germany. All of it should be interpreted in the current context. Angela Merkel is retiring. Uh, there is a new government in Berlin. And this new government in Berlin uh, is facing a number of questions. And one of them is Nord Stream 2. So there is an opposition to it. Uh, and there is an opposition to it in a number of places. Poland is one of them. It's not the only one. Uh, and, uh, and clearly, there is an ongoing push towards the new government. 
to uh, reverse the previous decisions. And the current situation is such that uh, the German regulator put it on hold. Uh, so uh, the fight is on, if you like, uh, about the Nord Stream 2. What will happen to it? It seems like Donald Tusk uh, shared a specific vision for uh, the European Union when he was still in action. And uh, that vision was uh, slightly different, let's say, from Angela Merkel's. Why is he mentioning the Nord uh, Stream deal now? If you think about the pipes, it's not that the pipe is built and therefore uh, we just wait for it to start because it's been built. There's a number of pipes that uh, are under North uh, Sea right now. Uh, that are we are now discussing about their future because they were piping oil, they were piping uh, gas in the past, and now maybe they will be piping hydrogen, maybe something else, I don't know. But there is a discussion about it. And uh, therefore, to have infrastructure, we should separate it uh, with what goes through the pipeline or if anything goes through that pipeline or if anything should go through this pipeline. And that is the kind of uh, debate I think there's a there's a wide consensus between uh, Brussels and a number of capitals, not all capitals, but a number of capitals, that this entire endeavor about Nord Stream 2 uh, has been uh, a, a wild violation of uh, how we should deal with situations in when we have um, conflict of national interests. Uh, in great majority of situations, if we have Uh, conflict of national interests in the European Union between member states. Those are difficult matters, difficult situations. Um, We respect one another and we are not going to have relationship with a third country before we have relations with ourselves within the European Union. So we first put family, if you prefer, before we talk to people outside of it. And this is true for Turkey. This is even true for the United States in so many accounts. And then it was not true for Germany talking to Russia about Nord Stream 2. And this is why uh, this is uh, a case when uh, the biggest of member states went against the spirit of, um, of how things should be done in the European Union. They did not clear uh, the worries of uh, some of the member states. Well, from what I understand, uh, you're saying that Merkel put Germany's uh, interests first instead of following uh, the same line the EU is following when it comes to to Russia. That's what I'm saying, but I'm also saying that it's not clear what the German interests are because this is actually a very important debate uh, within Germany as well that uh, it is much more sophisticated than in some of the other member states is that there's no clear... um, understanding of what the German interest is. This was a result, Nord Stream 2, of a significant lobby. Uh, And this lobby mechanism that happened uh, kind of um, overtaken the the debate about the national interest. This should be read in a wider context of closing the nuclear uh, power plants um, and the coal plants in Germany. Uh, So there's a number of issues here, and the national interest goes beyond having or not a pipeline. And do we have any reactions so far from uh, Merkel's side? Not really. Uh, This is a truly lame duck uh, situation for Angela Merkel, where she is on her way out. Uh, We clearly have a new government uh, coming in, and she's uh, leaving it to the the next uh, generation of uh, German leaders. 
Um, and that's uh, probably correct way uh, to deal with the situation. And the other end, that's another situation we may discuss, that is the situation in the EPP, where we have a crisis in CDU post-elections um, and uh, the kind of uh, uh, replacements for Angela Merkel as the leader of CDU in Germany did not work out um, uh, well. Uh, so CDU needs a new leader yet again, um, and uh, this is a very important decision uh, for the CDU. And here, the um, the criticism of the president of C- C- uh, of EPP, European People's Party, Donald Tusk, uh, is is quite significant and and should be uh, should be quite telling about the um, the the criticism that the CDU gets over Nord Stream two within their political. Uh, family, and that is uh, something also interesting. But it also shows you that uh, there's another fight in all of this. Uh, that is the fight for uh, uh, for Poland's fate and Poland's future, um, and it is about the position of the Polish opposition. Uh, therefore, Tusk tries to uh, be credible in his criticism over Nord Stream two, try to win the argument uh, on the local Polish market uh, with uh, with the Polish government. Well, thank you, Piotr, and our time is up for this week. I am Evi Kiori, and this was your Active Spin the Byline podcast. We will be back on your feed next week. Until then, visit youractive.com, subscribe to our podcast newsletter, and don't forget to listen to this podcast on your favorite podcast app. Thank you for listening. Music